I hiked it um, back in 2011 when I wasn't even a runner um, and I was actually writing I was writing a guidebook for it and I remember putting in the, the Mike Hartley record from 31 years ago I, I remember putting that in and, and I I was yeah as I say I wasn't a runner let alone an ultra runner so I just thought that is superhuman just from you know almost from another planet at Athletic Brewing Company, our innovative process allows us to brew great-tasting craft beer without the alcohol. From IPAs to stouts to golden ales and more, our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Now you can enjoy the refreshing taste of great beer anytime, anywhere. No matter your motivation, if you want to keep a clear head and drink healthier, Athletic Beers are here for you. Place an order today at athleticbrewing.com and get free shipping on two six-packs or more. Thank you for joining us again with the Fastest Known Podcast, where we are physically distanced and socially connected. Sometimes I wish we were physically a little closer, like being able to do races and see each other in person. But for now, to be physically distanced is the way to go. And indeed, we're really physically distanced right now because I am speaking across the pond with Damien Hall from England. Welcome, Damien. Hi, thanks for having me on. Well, you're a you're you're a big name in England. Of course, we uh, have listeners around the world, a lot in the United States, I admit. But just so people are aware, I've mentioned <laughs> to a few folks I'm going to be talking with Damien Hall, and they said, "Oh, Damien, you are? Yeah, he's really good." <laughs> Come on, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that there's that classic British reticence. I, this is, you know, we inherited that, and something else we inherited, of course, is trail running because. The Brits invented it, I think. You know, fell running. You guys go way back. You guys go back centuries. Hmm. Yeah, I I must admit, um, in Britain, fell running is it's kind of a northern thing, and I'm I'm from the south, and I, I must admit, it's not. You know, I've never really called myself uh, a fell runner, and and you know, the hills, um, the hills around here are, are just little hills, and we don't call them fells. It isn't really a word in our vocabulary down here. So it's it's funny when sort of people um, yeah talk about our fell running. It doesn't feel personally. It doesn't feel a big part of my heritage. Although in recent years I've got yeah a lot more involved in it, I suppose. But um, yeah, it's a fascinating sport with a with a big a big history and and um, still still thriving today. That's a great clarification. I did not know that because mm. I always appreciated the term fell running. Of course, on the continent, people say mountain running. The states mm. sort of invented the term trail running, which they didn't really do. They ran up and down mountains. But that's right. You're in the south. Your hometown is called Box, B-O-X. Yeah. <laughs> not, not very sexy there, I have to. Uh, <laughs> pardon me. Well, there's a, I, I, no, no offense taken. There's, there's a village nearby also called The Shoe. <laughs> oh no! No true wait, story. wait. <laughs> story. You can you can check that out on Google if you want. Um, there's wait, another wait. one nearby it, called. called... Oh. Is it called the shoe or just shoe? Yeah, the shoe, and then, and then we live in box. You know, the shoe box. And um, there's another one near. Obviously, I live I live near Bath, which some of your listeners might have heard of, which is a, a World Heritage listed city. But but that that name, you know, has has some double meaning. And then also, there's a little village nearby called Old Sodbury, uh, which is another classic. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, uh, tradition. <laughs> Let's just say whether it's fell running or whatever, you have a strong tradition. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it feels like in this area of the country, what, what we lack in fell running tradition, we make up in silly, silly names for places tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've acquitted yourself well 
for not being in a, well, hilly, rolling, but not being in a mountainous part of the country at all. But look at what you've done. I mean, you've done the UTMB Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc many times, including a fifth place finish two years ago. Fifth place is pretty good coming from a essentially sea level. Yeah, I, I mean, it was, um, thank you. Um, it, yeah, UTMB was an obsession uh, of mine for, for three or four years. Um, um, when I first did it, I think, I think I was 29th in the men's race. It was my first kind of international race, really, or first 100 anyway. Um, and it was like, oh, wow, this is quite something else. Um, so I was back the next year, you know, improved a bit, back the next year, improved a bit. And then, and then finally in 2018, yeah, got into, got into the top 10, which I just, which had just eluded me the year before. Um, I suppose, yeah, I do live in a, the flatter half of the country, but I, I frequently make trips over to kind of South Wales, which is about an hour and a half away from me. And I go to a place called the Brecon Beacons, which is a national park. Now they really are like the, the biggest climb there is about 400 meters, I think. So so not that's like the biggest climb in the whole of south of england and wales so that's the best i can kind of do but that that yeah if i get there regularly then i i can get in reasonable shape um but yeah utmb has been pretty exciting to me down the right. years yeah and uh that's... no utmb this year no and and in a way that ties in with with probably the main reason you're you're getting me on your uh, excellent podcast because um that gave me well I've been thinking of this this pen this FKT on the um Pennine Way for well for four years actually. Um and but each year I was so intimidated by it that I would give myself, you know, any any real excuse that I would I would put it off again. So I'd be, oh well I've got a race on. I'm doing UTMB, I can't fit it in. Um and then of course this year, uh, all the races have vanished. So it was like Oh, I've run out of excuses. Maybe I have to do it. Um, <laughs> well, oh let's dear. just clarify that. <laughs> just to clarify to the listeners, the Pennine Way is super classic, kind of a north-south route right up the uh, kind of the spine of the central part of England. And it's a long one. It's 268 miles. So I can see why you would sort of want to put that one off. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, obviously, it's 2,000 miles uh, shorter than your Appalachian Trail. Um, but it is kind of our, um, do you say Appalachian or Appalachian, uh, or something else? Appalachian. Appalachian. Um, which we, we follow, we follow the FKTs on that over here with, with great interest. And I recently read, yes, Scott Jurek's excellent book, North. Um, that, the the Pennon Way is probably our closest equivalent. I mean, obviously we've got the Bob Graham round and those sorts of things, but the Pennon Way, I think, and it was, the Pennon Way was inspired a bit by the Appalachian Trail. Um, uh, it's been, it's been a, it's been it's our oldest kind of national trail um and it's it's quite it's quite rugged uh terrain i mean i know you would have had john kelly on your show he might maybe explained it but it's it's quite mixed terrain and it's quite boggy above anything else you'd say it's boggy you know sort of wet and muddy um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not really it's rare you know there are one or two bits on it that you you might think of as a mountain but but small you know small mountains um but it's quite, yeah, it's an exciting. Well, let's, well, let's, let's clarify well, something. You said something right there, Damien, that really caught my ear. You equate it with the Appalachian Trail in terms of status. It was inspired a bit by, its creation was inspired by the Appalachian Trail. But is that true? Because there's, I, I don't know at all. I'm literally asking. There's so many long routes in the UK. It's incredible. 
Like, for example, a few years, four years ago, you got the FKT and the Southwest Coast Pass. And that was, you know, 10 and a half days. But you think the Pennine Way is really top of the heap? Yeah, I do. And, and people do, do ask me to sort of compare my experiences on the two, like which was tougher. And, and I suppose, if I'm honest, yeah, the Southwest Coast Path, which is, yeah, 630 miles, that was a tougher experience just because how many days it was. So it was it was pretty much 11 days um, with, with not much sleep. Um, so it was a tougher experience. But the, the difference with the Pennine Way is it really has a lot of history. Um, it ties in with something that happened here in the 1930s called the Mass Trespass. Um, and, and obviously we have quite different land rules and regulations over here. But it used to be that the sort of rich elite owned just kind of all... I can't remember the exact percentage, but just, you know, 99% roughly of, of all the land and, and, you know, sort of common folk, for want of a better phrase, couldn't just go hiking up on the hills because all that land was private. So a load of people got together uh, in an act of civil disobedience called, that's now called the Mass Trespass um, up in the Peak District, um, a national park in the, in the centre of England. And that led to, that protest led to um, a change in the, a change in the laws and, and, uh, so people, especially sort of hikers, could go hiking a lot more, yeah, in a lot more places. Um, so it was important for that reason. And then also from those protests, the Pennine Way was born. I think it took another, I forget, 10 or 20 years um, for it to actually come, to, might have even been 30 years, for it to come to fruition. But one guy who was there at the protests called Tom Stevenson um, was 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 galvanized partly by the protests, but also he'd heard about the Appalachian Trail and he thought, why can't England have something like that? Um, uh, even though it's, you know, there's a, there's a lot less land in total to play with, but he wanted to create some sort of trail. Um, so we still consider it, I think, the big one here in that its status and its history. Um, but yes, it's not the longest. And we've got, we've got longer ones coming all the time now. We've got one all, all around the Welsh coast and all, there's one being built all around the coast of England as well. Um, so I guess there'll be more more FKT opportunities coming up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, thanks for that. That was an excellent explanation. The mass trespass, we badly need that here in the States. Right. Because as you probably know, the landowners are extraordinarily uptight. The, the whole concept of private property is just a little out of control. I mean, if you're talking about someone's suburban front yard, great. Yeah, stay off the lawn, kids. But if you're up there in the hills, you're out there in the woods, well, you, you need to connect a few things up. And so with the mass trespass, they changed the laws. So now it's possible, as long as you don't disturb anything or, or sleep overnight and so forth, you can cut through a cow pasture in order to get up on the hills. Um, I think, yeah, within reason, there are still some laws, but there are a lot more, there are a lot more footpaths available and a lot more of a sort of land is is accessible not everything is but in fact it's even better in scotland they have slightly different laws in scotland I th i'm pretty sure you've got the right to roam wherever you please i believe england is still a little bit more um uh yeah a little bit more restricted but since that since that mass trespass has improved a great deal mass trespass that's that's mm. amazing and that's how mm. the pennine way got started but going yeah. back to status that's a great history you have fkts on the patty buckley round and Patty is one of the big three. Of course, you just mentioned Bob Graham. And that's going up further north, of course. This is basically summits. While the Pennine Way, is a, it's a trail, or as you mm. often call it, a way. But yeah. uh, the rounds are just ticking off summits, linking summits. 
very different. So how would you compare the, the rounds like Patty Buckley and the Ramsey and the Bob Graham with the Pennine Way? Yeah, they are they are quite a different a different thing. And and I guess I also I would with the rounds, that's that's classic fell running. That is, you know, up and down fells or, or, or sort of mountains, you know, quite small mountains compared to yours, but quite often quite rough terrain. There's often not an obvious trail. Um which makes it quite exciting because it's kind of one minute's rock, one minute's sort of heather and long grass, and um, the terrain can be really, really rough and challenging. Um, yeah, that surprised me getting that record last summer. Um, I wasn't really planning on it. Um, it was actually after helping uh, – I helped John Kelly a little bit last year on the Paddy Buckley round when he was doing his grand round idea when he was trying to link all three rounds. Um, and I also helped another friend. I don't know if she's familiar to you, but um, Nikki Spinks is a – is an incredible um, athlete over here, and she was doing a double Paddy Buckley round. So she's the only person to ever do that. So basically, go round and then go round again. So that's you know, it, it was over fifty hours of, of pretty much nonstop. Um, and I helped both of them, and I helped a friend as well. Uh, you know, sort of pace them on on a bit of it. And then I suddenly thought, well, I know actually I know this round quite well now, um, and the record seemed you know maybe reachable. Um, so I, I, I went up the last summer. Um, I only told, I think, three people, including my wife, because I didn't want, there is this tradition here with the rounds that you can get, you know, a whole team of pacers to support you and help you. Um, and and I didn't really want all the fuss of that. So I just set off on my own and did, did four of the five legs on my own. Um, it was going quite well. And then and then I, yeah, did start to drop off the pace. I got a bit de dehydrated and so on. And, and then I had one friend um, had said he might come along for the last leg. And um, he did turn up. And thankfully he did because he sort of kicked my butt a bit and, and politely bullied me um, over the last few mountains. And yeah, I got in um, just under the old record. I forget, I think 11 minutes under the old record or something. So it was quite an exciting finish. Um, wow. And I, I was really, um, I was really surprised. I hadn't really expected to be able to do that, I suppose, on, you know, on fell running terrain, you know, proper fell running. Um, but but that happened and that was that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting an FKT is always fun. Seventeen oh, yeah. hours, thirty-one minutes. You got it by eleven minutes. The FKT scene is hot. The UK is a little slow to start. Maybe it's because of the pandemic. But the past two months, boy, you guys are getting after it. We're getting a lot of <laughs> submissions from the UK now. Yeah. So I, I think yeah, lockdown was fairly. Um, I'm I'm struggling to follow what's going on over there. Where it's different, it's different depending on which state, isn't it? I think so. So over here, the lockdown was quite strict at first. In fact, you were only allowed, um, yeah, you allowed one bit of exercise a day, and you weren't meant to travel to exercise um, for quite a long time, maybe a couple of months. So a lot of us were, I guess, training at home, and, and all our races were getting cancelled. But then the lockdown started to ease a bit, and and really, it's only been in the last. Um, I guess a few weeks that you're allowed to stay somewhere else overnight. You see, that was the big. Me and John uh, Kelly, were, you know, John's a good friend, and we were debating quite a lot. You know, we we exchanged kind of WhatsApp messages a lot about when could we go, what you know, when was it, both kind of legal or ethical, um, which aren't always at the same time. Um, uh, you know, when was it okay? And and there was a spell. Actually, another another runner started out on a big challenge, and the police the police stopped her. Um, because she wasn't allowed to stay out overnight, and, and she actually argued. Um, she said, "Well, I'm not staying. I'm not staying anywhere. I'm running through the night, <laughs> <laughs> and the, you know, I'm not stay stopping out anywhere. You know, I'm not. I'm, 
and and she genuinely believed she wasn't she wasn't breaking the lockdown regulations um and the police were i, I think i imagine they were they were reasonably good to her but they did say look you have to stop i'm sorry we can't you know we can't let this carry on so um so we had to wait for that to be okay again really and then and then suddenly it was only a few weeks ago and so you know lots of runners have been a busting to get going because we've been training um and then b i guess we've had all these plans and we're just desperate to to get out and break some records so it's been yeah an incredible few weeks um and i imagine it will carry on for a few weeks more <laughs> Probably so. Well, you did a good job over there. The United States infamously did a terrible job with COVID-19. Just uh, a, sort of a disgrace to speaking personally, editorially here. We never had a national policy. We still do not. And indeed, national politicians as well as local politicians are often seen flouting the rules or not making rules and not wearing masks themselves, so modeling poor behavior. So mm. it was... Uh, Wow, how not to deal with the pandemic in one easy step would be looking at the United States. So good job that you guys are, have emerged out of that. I talked to someone from, or was it Germany just recently? And they said, yeah, we, we don't even talk about this anymore. It's, wow. it's done. It's, this isn't really what we think about. And so I'm, meanwhile, I'm, people are looking our direction going, wow, sorry about that. Yeah. How are you guys doing? You know, the United States, the world's most powerful country is now being uh, getting sympathy from other countries. Mm. I mean, I must admit, we haven't in Europe, we have been one of the worst. You know, we're probably get, getting off on a bit of a tangent, but Britain hasn't been one of the best performers by any means. We, we've had, a, you know, a lot. Our statistics are very bad compared to yeah, compared to Germany and some of the, the countries that acted more quickly, I suppose. But hopefully we're through the worst of it, but I, I'm not totally sure. But yeah, I hope, I hope you guys um, uh, get it sorted soon because it's, um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> all yeah, very, school, very strange. School is supposed to start in two weeks and most school districts have not announced the plans yet. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Well, Crazy you guys time. busted out, like you said. And the Pennine <laughs> Way with you and John, that was particularly interesting. John told me, that you two had discussed going in opposite directions starting at the same time. Wouldn't that's a first, I think. In my knowledge, that would have been a first to uh, go for an FKT and one person was going to get it, another person would not, but doing it simultaneously, that would have been very cool. It would have actually, wouldn't it? I must, yeah, I don't know if I regret doing, not doing that, but, but it, yeah, it would have been exciting. Um, but it would have added a lot, quite a lot of stress as well, in that you, you're not just thinking about yourself. You're thinking, how's the other guy doing? How's the other guy doing? Um, but it would have been incredibly exciting. Um, it was funny. We we were both on a, a training run actually in the Brecon Beacons together when when we re and this is in sort of mid March when we realised I think how serious the lockdown might be. I think it was just the day after um, Trump had, had started to ban international flights. Um, and I remember John being a little bit worried about, you know, getting back to America and so on. Um, but I think we both, he, he was already going to do the Pennine Way then. And I wasn't at the time because I was still going to do UTMB. Um, but we had a conversation on the way back in the car. And I said, um, well, if UTMB doesn't go ahead, I might, you know, I might, I hope you don't mind. I might try the Pennine Way too. I've been thinking about it for a while. And um, and I must admit, my I, I am coached by uh, David Roach and, and he can he can verify that I, when he took me on, I did say I was keen on the pen way, and then he kind of talked me out of it. Um, and I was, I was happy to, I was happy to dodge it. But then, but yeah, as I say, when the races started disappearing, I got quite keen on it again. Um, and John said, John, very, you know, very kindly, I think the next day or two, 
sent me a message and said, um, hey, we could run it to, like together, like starting off together. Um, and I think it was my idea to say, hey, we could even start at different ends because I knew I wanted to go south and he seemed to want to go north. Um, and then over time, if I'm totally honest, I did waver on that sometimes. And sometimes I thought that wasn't such a good idea uh, for me. And sometimes I was back at sometimes I was back into that idea. And then ultimately, we just couldn't get the same dates to work necessarily. I was very keen to get, you know, I knew I knew having a good team around me and a couple of individuals in my uh, road crew who I really wanted to get there, like one of them couldn't do the week before. Um, and I thought, actually, I, I want these two guys, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be the difference for me. Um, to two good friends called Tim Laney and Mark Townsend who are very experienced. And I thought if they're on my side, you know, I'm going to be in a really good position. Um, so I, pri- I, I prioritize kind of that over the, over the chance of a, a double. So sorry, sorry, everyone who has retrospectively got excited about that prospect. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's a good story. So you are uh, obviously a very good runner and you are a coach. And so you had this buttoned up, you wanted your crew and you wanted the best crew in order to have the best effort. And you got it. You beat John's time by approximately three hours. Yeah, I still, I still can't 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 really believe that because I mean, also John, you know, I consider him a, a good friend, but you know, he, he's kind of a hero to me as well. Um, uh, especially all his exploits at, at the Barclay Marathons, of course, which I'm sure you've gone over lots of times and are well, are well known. Um, but he's a, a lovely fellow as well, and a very dry sense of humour. Um, and, and I think the well, I'm confident the you know the kind of fell and ultra running communities here have really taken taken him um, taken him in because he partly because he yeah has these huge ideas. Um, uh, and, and really goes for them but also yeah also he's just you know a very sort of courteous and and respectful person as well and and it's fascinating to hear all his take on did you did you talk to him about the difference between sort of um, american snacks versus uh, british snacks because he's very into he's very into his sugary snacks uh, i don't know if you, i don't know if you got that so <laughs> no he, he, <laughs> he didn't well I, i'm gonna just pause for on that one i want to hear about that but he did comment on the welcoming in the community. He was very happy about the community that you have there. So as you just huh. said, you, you two are friends, you're discussing this. And when someone goes, particularly and does one of the big rounds up uh, north, everybody comes out, the previous FKT holders come out for it. Maybe they're going to pace you. And so it's a real community mm. event and everybody supports everyone else. And he loved that. He felt very accepted over there. So I d- definitely want to mention that. But what about the snacks? I didn't hear about the snacks. <laughs> well, he he was very interested in um in, in I suppose our different our different chocolate bars and snack bars. Um but I didn't really realize quite how interested he was. He he um I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. He does have a spreadsheet uh in which he compares uh you know the nearest equivalent. So he'll have an American name of of a snack and then he'll have the British name, you know, the nearest equivalent available over here. Um and he's got all sorts of strong opinions on, uh, you know, the things that we do well and the things that that, that America does better when it comes to snacks. Um, oh my gosh, so I did not know. Into, and there's a spreadsheet. Yeah. This must be a private spreadsheet, I'm guessing. I've seen. A, he sent. He sent me a screenshot of it. So he, yeah, he did. He wouldn't <laughs> send me the full spreadsheet. I guess I, unless I would corrupt it or, or uh, manipulate it in some way. But he sent me a screenshot of it. But in the past, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so would this I, be like Cadbury versus Hershey, something like that? That sort of thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I know right. he like he likes. I know there are two or three things he really likes over here that aren't available over there, like a Turkish delight and a Tunnock's bar, and I think there's something else. But he definitely thinks there's a gap in the market. I, I think it's like sugary, sugary bun cake type stuff. I think you guys do much better or something. 
Um, but um, yeah, yeah. So he's very into into all that, and and yeah, maybe you need to get him back on just for a, a sugary <laughs> sugary snack special, um, or, or ask him to create the world the worldwide spreadsheet. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, because things you know, UK, US. Or, there's differences certainly, but it's not massive in my personal experience. But you go mm. elsewhere, it gets dramatically different. You go to Finland, and it's like blueberry soup and pickles. <laughs> they really, they really go somewhere else with it. Oh, and then, wow. of course, there's the eternal debate: is it Marmite or Vegemite? Oh yes, yes, with the Australians. Yeah, and then it starts all over again. Um, <laughs> and uh tim tams they we we have an equivalent to a tim tam but their tim tams are very good i don't know if you've tried those um no. but yeah that's john yeah i don't know if john's been to australia yet that, that that's that, that we need to hear more about that yeah um <laughs> but yeah he would enjoy i remember i remember being up in uh, yeah when i was helping on the paddy buckley round i handed him a bit of a chocolate bar we have here called a bounty um and it was like it was you know it was blowing a you know it, it, it was <laughs> really strong wind horrendous rain we're in the middle of the night up a miserable mountain you know everyone's fed up and i pass him a bit of chocolate and he's kind of there contemplating for a bit and then he i can't remember what he compared it to but he had the, the presence of mind in the middle of this storm when we're up against the time you know he, he wanted to be sure about what chocolate bar it was and, and how it compared to an american bar it was quite that became more important for a minute or two than the um than the quest um to get around the mountains oh he had to check out the variety of chocolate bar before he would eat it no, I think he he did sample it first, but then he was like, then he wanted to know what it was called, and 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 was quite keen to you know uh, link it to an American equivalent and stuff. So yeah, he, he was he's very serious. Don't underestimate how serious he is about snacks. Is what I'm trying to say, <laughs> <Okay>. I suppose. <laughs> well, I you know I I rode my bike to Lhasa, Tibet one time, which oh, is wow. you know you're, you're kind of getting out there. There's no snacks. There's no none of the, <laughs> none of the above is is there. But I hoarded. A chocolate bar just hoarded it it's like you know this little safety this little safety blanket security mm. blanket of a chocolate bar and when i was finally leaving i was hitchhiking i was in the back of a truck and i finally said okay i'm out time to do this and and i was with a bunch of other tibetans on top and i handed i said wow these guys have taken care of me they've been so good to me and so i decided to split my chocolate bar with one of the compas one of the uh people from eastern tibet from calm and I handed it to him. He took a bite and spit it out. Oh. <laughs> they couldn't stand it. They didn't like it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this would yeah. be a this would be a vast spreadsheet. So, speaking <laughs> of John, I don't. Well, this is about you, Damien. But I I have one question now that we're talking about John. Do you think he can succeed on the grand round? Yes. Yes, I do. I, I think what was really important. He's had the kind of. Um, dress rehearsal last year and and I think he he that that really helped him to see you know which, which aspects of that were realistic and which bits needed to be changed so and he was really unlucky with the weather last year it was pretty miserable uh I think most British fell runners wouldn't have started it in that weather um I think maybe he felt you know all these people he didn't know would come out to support him and he couldn't sort of um I'm only guessing but yeah couldn't couldn't postpone it because all these all these people had supported him um, I think in future he'd be more confident about postponing it, and people totally understand that, you know, because it's almost rule number one: is it, you know, if it's going to be miserable weather, why not just put it off for a few days? Um, um, so yeah, I've every confidence in him. He's an incredible, you know, he can he can really dig deep when he needs to. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see him do it. Okay, well, thanks for the tip on that. 
Maybe he's got his chocolate bars dialed, and that will be the <laughs> ticket. Yeah. What's next for you, Damien? So, again, you're an outstanding runner, and your website mentions things I did not know, which you've been a freelance journalist for some time. You've written many articles, you do a little running coaching, and you're a sponsored runner with Innovate, which is, of course, founded in the U.K., based in the UK still, that shoe company. Hmm. So what's uh, what's next? What's up? Where do, you, where do you see yourself going? Well, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling a bit with that. Um, I've been asked that question a little bit over the last few days. And um, yeah, I don't really have, I'm still, I'm still recovering to be honest. It's um, how many days has it been? I don't know, less than two weeks since I finished on the Penang way. And um, yeah, I'm getting better each day, but yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty, <laughs> I was pretty wrecked there for a few days. Um, when I got home, my cat, my cat ran away from me, uh, and so I was obviously yeah not moving in a yeah. I was, uh, it treated me like sort of like an alien, um, and then I sort <laughs> as of, long yeah, as your I, wife stuck with you, you're probably okay. <laughs> it's touch and go. It's touch and go. Um, I um yeah, and I sort of had the night those horrible night sweats for for quite a few days. Um, but yeah, I, I've been running again, uh, just a little bit, just short and easy. Um, but I don't, I don't have the hunger back yet. You know, that kind of right, got to get to the mountains or, or got to do something exciting. So I've got, I don't know, three or four or five things that I'm sort of putting in the pot. Uh, may, maybe to do something smaller this year. Um, but at the moment, I can't. Yeah, I don't feel that excited about anything. So I think it's better to just chill out a bit and, and um, yeah, enjoy a bit of red wine and enjoy a bit of cake and and. Um, and that kind of thing for now, because when I'm when I'm training hard for something like this FKT, like yeah, I didn't drink alcohol for sort of four months, um, and, and yeah, it's nice to just have a not a blowout, but you, you know, just relax for a few weeks and and catch up with all the friends I suppose I've neglected um, and so on. So yeah, I don't really have something. I guess I'll decide. Um, yeah, and I guess we still don't know what races even thinking about next year. We, we none of us can be totally sure which races will be on. So. I'm hoping, you know, this has been like a golden summer of FKTs. Um, I guess I, I hope it will sort of continue really. Um, I, I, at the moment, personal projects appeal. They seem more exciting to me than, than races. I don't, it'd be fascinating to know if uh, lots of other runners feel the same way. Um, but yeah, right. I'm in no rush to do, to do something right now. Good. Anyway. Um, good. Yeah. That's, that's really good to hear. And pardon me for asking the question. It's sort of tradition on the fastest known podcast to ask what's next, but you just finished the Pennine way and you did, you don't want to be asked what's next. You want to rest <laughs> a little bit. So that's, that's a very appropriate answer. <laughs> it's totally fine. I mean, I honestly feel like that Pennine way run was, it was kind of four years for me. It was four years. Well, if you want the full history, actually, I mean, I, And as I got into ultra running, um, I guess just more and more things become possible for you, don't they? You know, that first hundred mile race that, or, or that first, you know, that first hundred mile, I, I guess, run, run in the mountains or whatever. Um, and slowly and slowly it dawned on me, you know, maybe I could have a go one day. So there's a real nice kind of circle of, um, it's probably nine years in the making, really. I guess only four years since I've been seriously thinking about it. Um, wow. This was a huge milestone for you. Yeah, I, I almost think this is, you know, maybe like the, the greatest running thing I will have will have done. Possibly, I don't want to get too kind of, um, yeah. Assume I'm never going to do anything good again, but like, um, I, it feels at the moment like, yeah, the, the big one. So it's it's quite nice to just yeah sit back and 
sup on some wine and think, okay, that well, that went that went all right. But the, you never know. There might be someone else waiting around the corner, you know, getting some revenge for John. Poor John only had the record for eight days, which seems incredibly cruel. Um, and there, there might be someone, someone, you know. Well, I, I know at least one one person is going to go for it this year. Um, one one more one more person. Um, and I've got a friend who's a very very good runner who who could easily. Um, uh, well, I don't know about easily, but could 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 be that time um, when he has the time to. But um, yeah, it's it's um, yeah. I'm just sitting back and enjoying it, I suppose, for now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Mike Hartley enjoyed it for 31 years. Yeah. And what was great is Mike. Mike came out. I don't know if John said he came out for both our attempts. He lives, you know, relatively near nearby. But yeah, he came along, um, and he was there in Edale at the finish for me. Um, and and John was as well. John turned up, uh, which was amazing. Um, so there was that wonderful community thing again, um, where the, almost the person is there to almost visibly hand over the baton kind of thing. It's quite, um, it's quite cool like that. It's, it's nice. Yeah. That is nice. That's, mm. I, 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 I've never quite experienced that and I miss it. I, that, that's a very nice story. Both John and Mike was there when you finished. That's, uh, what yeah. a celebratory time that would be. It was really special, actually, and and I, because of the yeah the the sort of COVID nineteen and stuff, I um, and even on my tracker page, I did put a request, as as have several other, including John, other runners, sort of said, look, it's lovely that you're interested in this, but ideally, don't don't please turn out and see me because of you know because of the virus. Um, but actually, when I got into Edel, which is a tiny village, um, there's like yeah two pubs and one shop. Um, I, I was thinking, well, you know, I, well, I didn't give it a lot of thought, but I was thinking, oh, maybe there'll be, you know, five or six people. Um, and there were maybe, you know, at least 40 people, if not 50 people um, had gathered. Um, um, and yeah, old friends and, um, you know, fell running sort of dignitaries, uh, including kind of Mike and yeah, and John. And um, it was amazing. Honestly, it was probably one of the best moments of my life, if I'm honest. It was it was amazing. It was really wonderful. Wow, that's great. And Ooh. Possibly because you're sponsored by Innovate. They had film people there. So I'm going to put on the show notes some links so people can look up uh, some video and some still photography from the Pennine Way. You have some good content there. Yeah, thank, thank you for that. Yeah, it was intriguing that because, um, yes, yeah, so I've got good friends, um, Matt and Ellie Green, from the, the, they're an independent filmmaker, adventure filmmaking company called Summit Fever Media. Now they they're going to make a they're making a separate film kind of about me and John and uh, and our and our attempts on the Pennine Way and the history of the Pennine running the Pennine Way so they're putting that together now it'll be out later in the year um, and but also they were employed to do on my thing daily updates which wouldn't daily video updates yeah which wouldn't if I'm honest wouldn't be exactly what how I would have designed things you know you don't necessarily you, I guess there's a there's a whole you're really laying yourself open there to be. I suppose exposed. If if things do, if things go badly, they've still got to make a video about how badly things are going. You know, so so in a way, you could see that as. Um, and also, I mean, Innovate had a had a new shoe coming out, the the Terra Ultra G two seventy, um, which I was wearing. But they'd already also done a separate video sort of campaign for that um, with me in it. Um, so I had quite a lot of, um, I suppose. Well, yeah, you could call it pressure. Um, around it but i actually think it um and i wouldn't have chosen to have all those elements um but actually i think that really helped me focus you know leading up to it really focus on it do everything properly um for example i, I mean i got up there a day early with my team and we just had a day relaxing beforehand 
just because so often in these things, you know, you have a bad journey up there and then there's some last minute panic. And I just thought, no, it's got to be, it's got to be relaxing. Um, it made me get a, I don't know, a decent van. So there's enough space in the van for them to sort of relax a bit and, and organize things and, and just made me do, I even, I even uh, spoke to a sports psychologist beforehand. Um, not that I necessarily felt I had some sort of major weakness there, but just to think what, what are the extra tactics that, that I could learn um, to help me do well at this. Um, so I think those extra pressures actually helped kind of focus me and, and did actually help me in the end. And also, I guess you've got to flip it over and think, actually, all these people have got, they've got faith in me. They, they think I can do it. Um, you know, if you concentrate it too much on the other way, then I think, yeah, you're, you, you can mess your own head up a bit. But um, yeah, as I say, I wouldn't, I suppose I wouldn't have chosen still to have had those pressures, but um Thankfully, it worked out. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, those videos, indeed. I wouldn't be, yeah, uh, I wouldn't be keen to see all those videos if they, yeah. Um, what a good gone, story. Yeah. That's a good story, <laughs> Damien. So you had, oh, you felt some pressure because you were being watched. And so you, instead of buckling under the pressure, so to speak, you took it to heart and you really buttoned up your attempt. You went up there a day in advance and you also mentioned a few minutes ago, you didn't drink alcohol for four months. For Britain, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a little different, <laughs> is it not? I have to keep that quiet or they'll ask me to you know, leave the country. Um, <laughs> but but I, I also timed it. I'm not, I mean, I'm not a big drinker anyway. It's not, I don't find it that hard to, to not drink for a while, but um, I did time it so that um, even if I only just broke John's record, it would just still be in time for the pubs. Um, I think pubs tend to shut at 11 o'clock at night and I was going to get in there. At, if I beat John, even by a minute, it was going to be about quarter to quarter to 11. Um, so I just have time for a pint if, you know, if I only just scraped in. And that was a kind of a motivating factor as, as well. Um, Cause I think, yeah, you need as many motivating factors as you, as you can find really. On that note, Damon, that's, outstanding advice on that note we'll leave <laughs> we'll leave listeners with that uh just have time for a pint need motivating factors this is good advice i see why you're a running coach so people go to the show notes we're going to have damien hall's website he has a personal website here links to his coaching and journalism and of course uh, some videos on the pennine way so that'll be on the written show notes and damien thanks very much for talking with us and uh please relax enjoy your family <laughs> well thank you so much for having me on i've listened to lots of your shows and i i follow the i guess what you know the american scene uh you know really really avidly um uh, but the glo the global scene as well um and i've only had one trip over to america a couple of years ago uh for one race but i'd love to yeah i look forward to coming back sometime whether whether it's a race or an, an fkt attempt or something but i'd love to experience your your trail running culture some more because yeah so many great characters and community over there as well but um yeah thank you for having me on uh, it's been a pleasure <laughs> <laughs>